All right, tennis fans, welcome to Don't Be a Deuce Tennis Podcast. I am your host, Stefan Cadu, and my co-host, Mr. Paul Cairns. What's going on, Steph? Oh, you're getting the applause. I didn't get that. It's the voice, man. It's all about the voice. It's the voice. Um, so we're going to preview. So we did a little little chat about a week ago, previewing the Australian Open. We were keeping our fingers crossed, hoping that our Canadian athletes, um, well, we were hoping ideally both men and women, but definitely on the men's side, uh, things worked out pretty well. So we're going to have some good stuff to talk about, Paul. If it lines up right, we could have an all-Canadian final. Absolutely. So we got our quarterfinals starting today. We've got uh, quarters of women's and men's starting. And I think we're going to preview both the men and women, talk about the Canadians for sure. And I'm um, kind of looking at you over here, and you um, you got some bags on your eyes. You've been, you've been staying up late watching tennis? Committed to the cause. I think it's oh been like 2.30 in the morning every night watching the matches. That's that's early. It's about 3.30 in my household, man. <laughs> I must have, I think I watched nine straight hours of sports yesterday between the end of the Rams game, the Bills game, and then the tennis. I was like, it's it's a good day when you get to watch nine straight hours of sports. I mean, I'm, it's work, right? We're studying. Absolutely. We're studying the game. We're committed. All right, so let's talk about our quarterfinal preview. Let's start, as usual, with our women's draw, which is turning out to be interesting. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Ash Barty's looked like the class of the field. She's been probably the most consistent woman in, in the game for the last three years. Been t- number one since uh, September 2019. Really hasn't dropped the set and looks pretty close to unbeatable. So I think you called for Barty. I think she's still your favorite to win the tournament. Um, you really took a risk there in picking her. I, I went with the emotional uh, choice of Osaka. I was really, really hoping that she could pull through in the round of 16s against Barty. And uh, it didn't happen. Look, Naomi is an yeah. unbelievable player, probably the best ball yeah. striker in women's tennis right now. But just she's been so up and down. I know she's really fighting mental health. It's uh, she's got a, a, a steep road ahead of her, but I think she can get back to number one. Yeah, she was looking pretty good the first couple of rounds, but then uh, fell a little short. So we didn't get that dream matchup in the 16s. Uh, Barty's been crushing it. Uh, she hasn't dropped a set, hasn't she? She's been she's been winning comfortably. Oh, one, 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 two, three, four, three. Um, looking pretty good. Looking very good, actually. Yeah, straight set win against Anissa Mola is uh, pretty impressive. She's been one of the hottest players in the game over the last year. Uh, and to, she really made it look quite routine handling her. So she's going to be pretty tough to beat. I mean, her best result at the Aussie is uh, semifinals 2020. But uh, I'm going to guess she uh, she wins the title this year. So she's going to now play Pagula, who uh, had a, a bit of a, a fumble in the first round, went three sets. And then since then, she's won straight sets all of her matches. So... Um, you know, quarterfinal match for Barty, semis is her best result. Do you think she feels pressure of, of the home crowd, or do you, do you think she gets uh, reinvigorated by the home crowd instead of, uh, even though it may just be half capacity still, but uh, she's used that to her advantage? I mean, I think Barty historically has gotten a little nervous in those situations. I think that's probably why she hasn't performed better at the Aussie up to this point. She looks like she's much more steady than she has been in the past. Pagula looked really good against Zachary. Huge shot making. I mean, she's, uh, she's not the... Stature-wise, she's not the biggest person uh, on the tour, but uh, really showed great heart in that match and uh, played really well. But I think Barty, you know, she looks poised and, and ready to take that. Yeah, because both I think both you and I thought uh, Saki was going to win the match, and uh, she, I mean, it was a three-setter, but it was uh, oh no, not a three-setter. She went tie-break. She beat her seven-zero in the tie-break. Yeah, no. Ooh. I mean, Sakri still looks How emotionally. Beat someone seven-zero in the tie-break. She looks so up and down emotionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think uh, that's the big area of growth for her. Her ball striking is getting there, but uh, physically, obviously, she's unbelievable. But emotionally, still very volatile. And uh, Pagula looks solid like a rock through the whole match. So. Okay, so our next bracket on uh, on top of the draw. Still, we've uh, if you want to go through that one, we've got Madam Key- Ma- Madison Keys, which 
she hasn't she hasn't had a good result in a while. This is nice to see. Yeah, I mean, interesting story. She really looked like she was uh, a champion in the waiting, uh, like five six years back, and has really struggled over the last couple of years. And you know, is having a great run. She's been really dominant so far through the draw. And I'm actually going to take her to win that match. I'll let you um, uh, say the name of her opponent because. <laughs> The font on my sheets at like about a six, so I can't actually see from from this distance. But yeah, I don't do. You, you I don't do. I'm terrible. Yeah, Kretschkova is uh, she's number four and uh, four seed in the tournament. Obviously, has been hot and looked pretty solid th- throughout the tournament. Should be tough for Madison to take down. But I just kind of feel that Madison's on one of those runs right now, and uh, we'll cr- we'll make it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, she's obviously the, the favorite on paper with being the four seed. But uh, you know what? I think someone like Madison Keys is going to understand the value of this moment that she hasn't had. You know these uh, these kind of situations in a while, so she'll probably take advantage. She's been winning pretty comfortably as well. Um, she said one three setter. Everything else has been straight sets. I mean, she took out Ken in the first round. It was a eleven seed, incredibly hard opponent. So, yeah, let's go with keys on that one. Uh, third bracket, we've got Collins. Uh, did you say two time NCAA champion? Yeah, she won the NCAA's twice. Unbelievable competitor. Um, and you know her her journey through the draw has been really interesting. I mean, she was down. Uh, two sets, sorry, down a set and a break um, playing against the young Dutch, uh, Towson. I think Towson's going to be one of the top players in the women's game for years ahead. Uh, but down a set and a break, fought back. Uh, again, went down a set in the following, in the next round as well and fought back. She's been showing tremendous fight. So, uh, you know, I'm going to actually take her to come through that that uh, section of the draw. And as she's well. actually been playing doubles as well. And I, I, I didn't check if she won her last doubles match, but she's uh, she's been battling with doubles. So when they interviewed her last. Her last match, she uh, she was like, "Yeah, I'm a little bit tired, but I've got you know an hour and a half to recover to my next doubles match." So she might want to consider uh, not playing doubles in the future if she starts making a lot of quarterfinals or better. And she's going to battle against Cornet. Now Cornet, I believe, is 33. She's been on the tour for a number of years. Um, and I apologize, cause I don't remember the lady who interviewed her, but she was being interviewed after her, her last match, her last win, and she's like, "Yeah, the last time she because she's never made a quarterfinals. I mean, she's been in in a number of." Uh, round of 16 but she's never made a quarterfinals and the lady who was interviewing her they battled 13 years ago and she's like yeah you know we had this great match and and you know unfortunately or unfortunately for you you, you beat me and then it's, she goes it took me 13 years to get back to this moment so she's um you know whether she's got enough left in the tank uh to battle collins i don't know but she's certainly not going to take this moment for granted kind of like madison keys but you know been playing for even longer um this is this is an awesome moment for her and uh, I don't know if you've seen some of her match. She does a little bit of gamesmanship. She'll get under your skin a bit. I kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she kind of reminds me of Mamarino on the men's side. Play keeps yeah. her off 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 rhythm and and really keeps her off balance. And she's uh, she, I mean, it's a great story. She's a great athlete. She's been a good competitor for years, but has never really broken through. You know, in some ways, probably locks that misses that firepower to really take down the top player. So you know, I I think her run's going to probably come to an end uh, here. But who knows? We'll see. Now, last bracket, we've got, I'm um, not saying, I'm saying this correctly, but Schwatek and Kanepi. Um, who, who's your pick there? Schwatek, uh, so I'm going to take coming out of that bracket. I mean, she's been, if you just followed her trajectory, I think in 2019, she's about 61 in the world. 2020, moved up to 17. 2021, 9. She's just been really consistent. She's super fit, good ball striker, moves really, really well pretty tough to put the ball away on and you know i'm gonna take her to make the finals actually and play barty in the finals yeah because she had her first three rounds she won quite comfortably she had you know a 3-0 victory two and two two and three and then uh her last round uh against christia she had a, a three setter uh, but you know three and three the, the next two sets so somewhat controlled her uh whereas canepi's had a, a slightly harder road she had a couple of three uh 
three setters up to this point, although one of them is 6-0 in the third, so that's not really uh, that close. But, uh, yeah, pretty interesting. It's I feel like the, in the women's game right now, it's kind of, it's hard to predict. Um, there's, like, almost everyone, for the exception of maybe Barty right now, who I give a bit of an advantage over everyone else, um, I feel like everyone else in the draw could, could potentially, you know, win their current match and, and go on to potentially winning the, the title or at least making the finals. Yeah, that's where I look at Iga. She's been so consistent. You know, even that, that hiccup she had where she lost uh, the first set 7-5 and then won 3-3, three and three, that's what champions do. She didn't have her best day, but she uh, found a way to win when she wasn't playing her best, and she's been doing that pretty regularly. So from my perspective, I think she's she's going to be one of those top five players for the next five, six years, and uh, I think you'll see a lot of Barty uh, Tech finals. Okay, so we're going to move on now to our men's doubles draw. Steph, you must be tired. What are you talking about? You just said men's doubles draw. Uh, I meant singles. See, I, you know what? I was just making sure Paul was paying attention because he was looking a little bit tired, a little bit bored of my, my chatting. That's what happens I when you go to sleep at 4 o'clock anymore. in the morning every night. Exactly. Singles, doubles, all the same. Could have been worse. I could have said mixed doubles. <laughs> pretty good tennis in all All right. Draws. So how about we move on to the men's singles draw? How about that? Let's go to it, man. All right. Top of the bracket. Uh, I don't know if I'd call this a surprise or not, but Mofis. I feel like I haven't seen him in the quarters in a while. Mofis and Berentini are going to battle in the quarters. You ever seen Monfils dance? Dance? Dance. Uh, no, but I can imagine it's pretty good. There's some footage of him coming out of like night, nightclubs in, in yeah. Paris where they people shot on their phone. Apparently, he's an unbelievable breakdancer. I'm thinking he had a big celebration dance when jo- when Novak got deported. Oh, jeez. He's you know what? Monfils is. I mean, I like him. He's he's a showman, right? He to me, uh, there are times where I'm like, ah, oh, stop playing like it's an exhibition, right? The, through the legs, and he's got like an unbelievable highlight reel. He seems to be a little more focused. I think he's really understanding his opportunity. I mean, years of battling with Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, and now you've got only one of those guys that he's battling with. So I think he's really understanding the situation he's in and sort of not taking that for granted. And, and I mean, he's been cruising through. He hasn't dropped a single set up to this point. He's looked exceptionally focused. And, you know, he's always been one of the best athletes on tour, and I think 100% it's the focus. And I think he sees this as the end of his career. Uh, it's kind of his last chance to really push through and get that slam. So, you know, he's been playing really, really, really well. So I mean, you can argue that he had the easiest quarter, obviously, because Djokovic was not in that quarter. Um, but, you know, he beat Garin, who's number 16 seed, and he beat him in tie break, the first set, but then he beat him one and three after that. Uh, oh, sorry about that. No, it's a wrong round. He, he, you know, that... You were right. That was right, yeah. 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 The next round, then he won five tie break and three. So, he, yeah, he's cruising through. I mean, he's getting the occasional close set. First two rounds, he just demolishes opponents. But uh, he's looking really good. So I, I think that he's... He's an energy guy, and he's so physically demanding the way he plays. So if he's fresh, that to me is important because he doesn't know. I don't think he knows how to not sprint and not slide and not jump around. Like, it's all out all the time. Yeah, I mean, Monfils is 35, same age as Joker. Uh, came out the same time. Um, was the number one junior in the world. So he's obviously got a lot of talent. But I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if his body's going to hold up through the course of the tournament. You know, I think, uh, I think he's kind of probably nearing the end of what he's going to be capable of doing. I mean, looking at Berrettini, what a match that was with Alcazar. That yeah, well, he looked like he he had that match, and then and then the the huge comeback from the young eighteen year old who you're predicting is going to be now. This is a bold statement. I I agree with you that he's going to be very good, and I'm going to say that top five in the world at some point. You're predicting you're going all out. You're saying number one in the world. Yeah, no disrespect to Felix or Dennis. I think kind of within three years he'll be number one in the world. He's just the way he competes. He's so physically mature for his age. You know, he showed his mental composure there. He's just got huge skills. He hits the ball huge off both sides. Tremendous athlete. And he kind of has that Nadal-type competitiveness. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be a battle. I, I, do, I really think Felix is going to win a couple of slams, but I think it's going to be Alcazar's. To me, it's going to be right in there. Now, in Barantini's post-game match after this, I think they went tiebreak in the fifth set. 
uh, was it ten five in the in the breaker? Um, Barantini was <laughs> was talking about. He goes, you know, when I when I was eighteen, I'm pretty sure I had zero ATP points. And this guy's already thirty one seed, thirty one the world as an eighteen year old, who's obviously also uh, like every other other Spanish player, amazing on clay as well. So he seems to be good on all surfaces. So that uh, that kid's gonna be dangerous. Now Barantini, we're getting kind of used to him being in quarters, being in semis. Uh, obviously has his one finals against Djokovic. So he's becoming very, very consistent in making those those quarters and semis instead of playing up to his ranking. Um, do you favor Barantini or Mofis in that quarter? Yeah, I think he's had a chance to recover from that Alcazar match, yeah. and I'm going to take him. You know, I'll take Barantini to win that in four sets. Monfils may kind of pull off one. Just Barantini serves so so well, it's going to be tough for Monfils to, to break him. I'm going Monfils in five. All right, you go for it. Another five-setter. Uh, all right, second bracket. We've got uh, Nadal, and who's Nadal playing? Is a young Canadian. I think they call him Chapeau. Chapeau, uh, like a hat. It means a hat in English. Um, same joke every time. All right, so Nadal's looking pretty good in the first three rounds. You thought he didn't look as he looked a little shakier in the last round, although they had that uh, epic battle in the first set breaker. What was it? Memorino 16-14 yeah 16-14 I mean Memorino's playing was playing very very well Nadal didn't have the juice to me it actually looks like his feet are his foot is still bothering him a little bit he wasn't moving the same well same way kind of looked like he was conserving energy a little bit so we'll see what he brings out of against Dennis but uh, he did not look great against Memorino he got a little lucky in the tiebreaker I think about 7-all Memorino started grabbing his groin and was obviously hurt for the rest of the match now there's a pattern here when, when Nadal plays whoever he seems to injure people and often uh, often groin injuries. I'm not sure what's going on there. I think that's his plan. He he targets. He is so dominant. He can not only physically punish you. He can actually physically punish you and determine the exact area on your body. That's how. <laughs> that's how. That's how amazing he is. I'm not sure it's exactly that specific, but he, he's so playing him is so physical and he breaks you down. So it's not surprising. And again, the score is a bit hurt. deceiving because he won those next two sets two and two. But obviously, if uh, his opponent was injured, then it's. It's not realistic. So, uh, young Chapo had some ups and downs with his matches. Had some some uh, five set battles. Had some dominant performances. I mean, his last round against Vera, uh, you know, I was hoping he'd get by that. I, I was still felt like it was a sixty forty in Zverev's favor. Just my own personal opinion. But to win the way he did in straight sets, I think that's a huge, huge win for him. To win in straight sets, double faulting eleven times against arguably the hottest player in tennis for the last three months. I mean, that was impressive. Uh, he was cracking the ball. Cracking it mentally a little more poised than we've seen him, right? Yeah. He's still looking at his box constantly for approval, but really looked a lot more poised and, and confident out there, a lot less wavering. So, I mean, great maturity, a lot, a lot of growth from last year's Australian Open to this year. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to pick uh, Chapo to win that match. Ooh, risky against Nadal. Now, I never want to bet against Nadal, and especially being a Federer fan my whole life, it's been like, ah, the one guy who always seems to, to find a way to beat him. But uh, I I rarely ever uh, go against Nadal but in this case I think I agree with you with that Chapo is just playing unbelievably well I don't think Nadal is you know maybe 75-80% I'm not sure um, so I think a slight slight edge to Chapo in this match at least we're, we're hoping as well a bit of an emotional pick but why not well you remember he beat him at the Rogers Cup I think it was 2019 that was well um, and that's one of the few times actually I think it's the only time in my life that I've seen Nadal give a bad press conference afterwards oh, sorry. he was kind of complaining how this kid just got lucky and just swung yeah, yeah. for the fences which is kind of how Chapel plays uh, and so we know he can hurt him he has beaten Nadal before and I just don't think Nadal is 100% so uh, obviously you can't discount his heart He's the best, uh, if not the best, one of the best competitors in the history of our sport or any sport. So it's going to be a battle, but uh, I just think Chapeau looked poised mentally to do it. 
That'd be amazing. Um, so we've got our next bracket, Sinner and Tsitsipas. Obviously, Tsitsipas being uh, number three or four in the world uh, at the moment. And now we know what Tsitsipas is capable of. Um, he's an unbelievable young talent. Sinner, I'm not as familiar. Out of all the players in the quarterfinals, I've got to watch him play uh, last night. Seems very steady. Not There wasn't kind of one thing that stood out to me. It wasn't like, oh, what a bomb of a serve or an unbelievable crushing four. And he seemed to do everything well and, and you know show a good fitness level. But... Um, uh, who uh, would you lean towards in uh, in that match? I think you got to go with Sitsipas. I mean, he's had a tough road there. Center to me reminds me of a lot of David Ferrer uh, from a couple of years ago, yeah. just super solid off both sides. Doesn't have huge firepower. Um, he's one of those players who really rose to prominence over the last two years during the pandemic. So a lot of people haven't had a chance to watch him like you normally would. Uh, he's really solid. You know, he's going to be one of those consistent top ten players, I believe. Uh, but Sitsipas, you know, he he got through the tough match against Fritz. Um, showed a lot of heart uh, in pulling that yeah, out. He was down two sets to one. Down two sets to one. And, you know, he's been there. Uh, I think he's still struggling to recover from that French Open final, being up two sets to love against Joker. Uh, but to me, it looks like he's rounding in form. I think he sees this opportunity as well. This could be uh, this could be a, his, one of his best shots at a Grand Slam. All right, now bottom of the bracket, we've got another Canadian. Uh, we've got two Canadians in the quarters and two Italian players in the quarters on hard court. This is impressive. Uh, we've got, uh, obviously, our number two seed, Mevedev playing uh, Felix Auger Aliassime. This is a Canadian. Um, Mevedev got the better of him in ATP Cup. Um, I think don't think Auger's ever beaten him. Yeah, zero in the, exactly in the last set. But um, what do you think? Think this is the this is the this is his time to to take him out? It'd be pretty tough. I mean, I was very impressed watching uh, Felix last night against Chilich. I don't think I've seen Chilich play that well since 2014 when he won the U.S. Open, beating Roger Federer in straight sets in the semifinals. He was just cracking the ball, 61 winners. Uh, he was on fire. And uh, Felix really showed a lot of poise. He's Again, I talked about Dennis's growth. Felix really looked very poised out there. He handled the stress of, of how well Chilich was playing and found a way to come out. Even though he blew, you know, I think at 4-5, Chilich serving in the second set, he had three breakpoint opportunities, and he missed a couple gimmies. Uh, you know, a younger Felix, I think, from that would have sort of ruminated and fixated on that and not bounced back, and he and he came through. And he really, after that second set, pretty much dominated the rest of the way. So That was some impressive. vintage Chilich, like U.S. Open champion Chilich in the first set. He just came out and, and was firing. I think the, the the stats at the end of the game were 60 or 61 winners for Chilich. Yeah. And compared to 38, I think, for, for OJ. So tons of winners, but he had a lot more unforced errors. Yeah, I mean, I, really the first set, and, uh, well, probably first two sets and the fourth set, Chilich played at a different level. Uh, his level really dropped in that third. Uh, but you got to give a lot of credit to Felix there. He started serving huge. Depth of his ball really improved. Tactically, he started hitting a lot more second serves at uh, Chilich's body, so he wasn't getting moved around quite as much. And uh, just, you know, great great poise, consistent serving. I think his average, his average first serve speed was 124 miles an hour. And, uh, you know, that was a really impressive win last night. Now, is he going to beat Medvedev? My guess is no. Probably not. I yeah. think he's going to really push him. Um, you know, Medvedev hasn't done that well at the Australian Open. Uh, so maybe if it's a really hot day, he's got a shot. But I'm going to give the edge he to Medvedev. He was annoyed last night with his match with the American. He was just chirping and like this and that and complaining the ball boys get the ball over here. And then he was... He was really sort of, uh, I mean, he, he won four sets, but the American was, you know, serving big. He was having a hard time. He was doing his usual standing 20 feet behind the baseline. Uh, and actually, the American did a really good job of angling. He was big guy of angling his serves and getting him out wide and, and, and troubling him with that. But he was edgy. I mean, 
I don't know if that's a good sign for for Ogier or not. But did you hear really what he's saying? He was yelling to the crowd, "This is the most boring tennis ever. Yeah. All this guy's got <laughs> is a serve." Like it was just totally heckling. It's like uh, it, when Rounders came on the scene and and people were just saying things. Oh, it's boring. All you do is serve. Well, he beat you, so don't complain. Yeah, don't complain. But yeah, I mean, Medvedev is always that way. He's got a little bit of edge to him, which I think you either like or you don't. Uh, but you know, he's been the most dominant uh, player in men's tennis really for the last six months. He's beaten Djokovic four of the last seven times they've played. He's he's real deal. He's he's pretty tough this to is beat. His time. He's so. in his prime. But OJ's results so far have been like he's got a he had a rough first uh, first round. His second round against by the way, this is his second round opponent is one of my got to be my favorite name in men's tennis, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. I mean, try try not saying that with emotion. It's impossible. <laughs> Beautiful thing. I've only rehearsed that about thirty five times. Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Um, that was one of the most frustrating matches I've ever watched uh, regarding Felix. Like It was four breakers, but the amount of times he would control the game and then hit an unforced error, and then what saved him the entire match was he's been serving unbelievably well the entire tournament, and the serve completely saved him in that match. I mean, he won three of the four breakers. Um, and then he follows that up with, with a, a very solid performance um, against, uh, sorry, who did he be next? Oh, Evans. He, he like. His match against Evans, he was 4 all. I was looking like, oh, this is going to be a battle. Evans is a competitor, right? And then he finally gets the break, and he goes from 4 all to then winning 14 in the next 16 games, 1-1. One one. You could just see Evans in mid-third set. He was he was ready to quit. He's like, I am i can't compete anymore. So just brilliant play. Um, his match against Fokina, by the way, 83 unforced errors. It was 83 or 86. 83 unforced errors in four sets. Like He would have broke, he would have broke the century mark if they'd gone to five sets. Like That's just unreal. And still won. And that's to me. That's what we're seeing. Right. His maturity, and right? Still won. He's probably that's probably the worst he's played in months, and he and he found a way to win against Finally a wins. solid yeah. player. So his bottom game is still there, yeah. And that's what champions do. That's what we've seen Djokovic do and Nadal and Federer do over the years, right? They can play awful, but they still find a way to win. And you know, we, we we're starting to see what he's capable of when he's playing well. When he's beaten Evans four uh, one and one, that's a pretty impressive result. So all right, so you and I are, are are anticipating a good battle with OJ and Medvedev. What do you think, Medvedev in four? I know Medvedev in five. I five? think Felix is going to really push him. Okay, I'm with you. Medvedev in five. I just think I think Medvedev's going to find a way to pull it out in the end. He's just he's been there a little bit more in those big moments. I fear that it could be a controlling win for Medvedev. It could, or hopefully, a close match. I don't feel like OJ can control Medvedev and, and, and win in three. Um, but I guess if he was ever to do it, it would be now. He's he's sort of in a good spot. Yeah, Medvedev to me has a good read on Felix's serve. He seems to anticipate really well and puts so many returns back. He just play. reads everything. Yeah, and then and then when it's going to get backhand to backhand, he's going to break down Felix's backhand. That's the you know Felix's backhand is looking so much better than it was a year ago. Uncle Tony's been doing some great work there, but uh, it still looks vulnerable. And I think what's going to happen is Medvedev is going to go backhand to backhand, much like Cilich, Cilich did, and mm-hmm. he's just going to break him down in those big moments. So you know, do, do you think in those situations that OJ will need to go kind of down the line a bit sooner instead of just continuing to go cross? Because he's got a solid cross court backhand, and he's able to change direction reasonably well, but. Will he be able? Should he be able to, you know, go earlier uh, with the back and down the line versus sometimes he, he wants to run around that and hit that forehand and get himself a little bit too out of position? Should he go for that back and down the line earlier? Yeah, I think he's going to need to. It's not his best shot, and which is yeah. you know why it's hard for him to take down these players like Medvedev. You know, I think if you look at someone like Djokovic, that's what he did against a player like Nadal, who plays a similar game style to Felix. Djokovic and Murray as well. So good at yeah, changing they, direction. They they would run around like Nadal and Felix really run around their backhand, yeah. and they really open up court. So if you can go back and down the line. You can really exploit them there. and So that's, I think, an area that Felix is going to have to work on for sure. All right, so let's recap the draw. We've got, uh, I'm going to pick Mofis, uh edging out Berentini. I'm going to say five sets. 
I'm going to risk it with, with Chapeau and say that Chapeau even uh, takes out Mofis in, in, in the semi. So let's go with the Chapeau Mevedeb final. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go similar. Uh, I think Chapeau is going to make, make the final uh, and lose to Mevedeb, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, still a great tournament that he can really build off of. Uh, or lose to OJ. Or OJ wins. Could you imagine? If, All Canadian finals? Yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, that would be, that's a dream come true. We're doing another podcast if that's the case. If it is, <laughs> we'll definitely do, we'll do it at 4 o'clock in the morning, record it live. Uh, on the women's side, let's do a quick recap there as well, Steph. Yeah, I'm thinking Barty takes the whole thing. Um, who would you anticipate her playing in the finals? Yeah, as I said earlier, I think it's Barty Shiontek in, in the final, and I think Barty wins uh, in pretty convincing fas- fashion, likely three sets, but uh, not that close in the third. Shiontek, Shiontek. Every time we, we say her name differently. Every I think it's time. Shiontek. Shiontek? Yeah. Let's go with Shiontek. All right, so, uh, well, I think we are going to have, regardless, we're going to have some amazing tennis. Um, I need to make sure that uh, I don't watch tennis after some emotional football, so I have some energy left to cheer at night, three in the morning by myself in the basement. All right, folks, hopefully you enjoyed our preview, and we will see you guys soon. I'm Stefan. He's Paul. Enjoy the tennis, everyone. Don't be a deuce.